Welcome to episode 21 of China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. One of the most dramatic business developments has been the clash between the Chinese government and the tech giant Alibaba, run by the flamboyant and outspoken billionaire Jack Ma. It was all set to float its fintech operations on the stock exchanges late last year, but the IPO was blocked at short notice. Then, in the spring of 2021, regulators slapped Alibaba with a $2.8 billion fine, saying that it had abused its market position for years. Well, given that Alibaba is the world's biggest e-commerce company, and it touches the lives of nearly everyone in China, it's certainly been a topic of much discussion. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today Fraser Howey. Fraser is the co-author of three books on the Chinese financial system, including one called Red Capitalism, The Fragile Financial Foundations of China's Extraordinary Rise. Fraser, thanks very much for joining us today on the line from Singapore. Nice to speak to you, Duncan. Now, I think it's probably true that most people in Hong Kong and mainland China will know about Jack Ma and they're familiar with Alibaba. But for those outside China, can you explain a little bit more about this company and what it does, please? Alibaba was set up by Jack Ma and a handful of friends about 20 years ago at the time of the the original dot-com bubble in the States. And very simply, in the shorthand would be that Alibaba is China's Amazon. Um, Its actual business model where Amazon was started off as an online bookshop, Alibaba started off as being a portal for Chinese small and medium-sized enterprises to basically sell to their customers both internally in China and internationally. And that's how we started 20 years ago. And it's basically ballooned since then to, I think, be now, I think just globally, it's the world's largest e-commerce company. Well, that's quite an achievement in a relatively short space of time. Tell me something about Jack Ma himself, please. What's his personality like? Tell me about his business style. Sure. Well, I think Jack Ma is uh, sort of reflects his company or his company reflects reflects him because both are larger than life. Both have an incredible, uh, I wouldn't necessarily use the word ego, perhaps, but certainly an incredible personality. Jack is very flamboyant. He's a good speaker of English or an excellent speaker of English. He was indeed an English teacher. He was one of those people who hung around hotels. Um, not for nefarious reasons, but just to try and practice his English with foreigners and be a local city guide. So he was very driven and he has become a very outspoken uh, uh, and innovative businessman in China. He's also one of those cringeworthy corporate leaders who does, who sings songs at the annual get together and things like that and likes to play his electric guitar. So he's a very larger than life figure and has certainly been, if not now, has been China's richest man. He's built a couple of China's biggest companies and certainly has the claim to be China's most successful international entrepreneur. Well, let's talk about one of Mr. Ma's companies in particular, Ant Group. Um, It's been described as a fintech business. This was the part of the empire that was due to float on the stock exchanges in Hong Kong and Shanghai last year. Can you talk us through what happened? Sure. I think it's just worth quickly worth saying what the, the ant group or the fintech part of that means, because I think this was a another sort of stroke of genius of innovation of Jack Ma. So he had this e-commerce site 
And that was underpinned by, obviously, because of that e-commerce, that's underpinned by basically just payments. If you're buying something from a company, you need to pay for it and vice versa. There is money flows. He also, because he had all these customers, whether retail or businesses on his platform, he basically had people leaving money with the site, you know, for as a credit balance effectively to, to, for their next transactions. He then basically started offering them financial products to invest in. That was some things as simple as money market funds, or he then developed that into giving them sort of credit terms, et cetera. But he basically used the backbone of the e-commerce to then tap into the financial infrastructure. And from that, he developed something called Ant Group or Ant Financial. And that was to raise $37 billion on one of the new boards, new stock exchange boards in Shanghai called the Star Board. This was going to be the world's largest IPO, China's largest IPO, the largest private sector IPO. It was the, the, the biggest almost of everything. And then three days before listing, it was canceled. Jack Ma had basically fallen out with the regulators or the regulators had fallen out with Jack Ma and Jack Ma's innovation in fintech and the deal was postponed at the 11th hour. So there's one interesting aspect that you mentioned there, and that was that the Ant Group was acting as a sort of credit company. It was it was loaning money. What's the real problem here that Ant Group had become too big in that sector, too powerful? It couldn't be controlled by the regulators. You're absolutely right. This is the key thing the regulators were focused on. So it wasn't just that it wasn't that Ant was actually lending the money. What was happening here, because of their tech platform, they were able to partner with generally smaller local regional banks and say, look, if you provide loans for us, if you provide money, we'll match you with the consumers. And so we will basically arrange, we will be a middleman working with retail, with small companies who want to borrow money, and you'll be the bank that lends it. And Jack Ma's Ant Financial would sit in the middle and take a very hefty margin. And Jack Ma had been a bit rude about the regulators too, hadn't he? Uh, Jack Ma had been extremely rude about the regulators, certainly in a Chinese sense. Jack Ma, literally a week before the, the deal was postponed, gave a very outspoken speech about and talked about how that the old style of financial regulation in China was very problematic and was not suited to innovation. And of course, by innovation, he meant Ant Financial and other similar groups. And needless to say, this very much got the, the, the backs up of all the regulators. But I think we should look at that speech not as a catalyst for action, but almost as a last hurrah of Jack Ma, because I think it's, well, it's at least my contention that Jack Ma knew what was coming. So that takes us back to what happened in the autumn of last year when this uh, stock market flotation was halted at short notice. But Alibaba is continuing to operate. Ant Group is uh, still part of the business. I have read, though, in the Wall Street Journal that the Chinese government has asked Alibaba to shed its holdings in media assets. What lies behind that, do you think? Jack Ma, of course, had spread his wings and basically spent his money and the company's money to expand into a lot of different businesses as well, including media, both onshore in China and in, and overseas, South China Morning Post being the most obvious case um, in the international space. Um, and of course, what we have to remember with internet companies is that they're able to control the news flow through their algorithms and their, you know, they look at what you're interested in, what you hover over on their sites, et cetera. 
and they will then feed you things that they think are appropriate. So they have an incredible ability to influence people's decisions. And of course, as you know, modern day China under Xi Jinping, there's only one uh, group that is has, should have that power in Xi's eyes, and that is him in the Communist Party. You mentioned the South China Morning Post. Now, when I'm looking for information about China, on the whole, I find the South China Morning Post a very reliable source. I'm a subscriber, actually. Do you think if it gets sold by Jack Ma that it might lose its independence, its critical eye on Chinese affairs? Like you, uh, Duncan, I too am a subscriber. And I think for the English language audience, the South China Morning Post remains as it has done for many decades, the first source of news, of quality news in English for, for China. I think actually when Jack Ma bought the paper a number of years ago, there was very real concern that it was going to start towing the party line. Jack Ma is a member of the Communist Party. He had talked about putting his companies or basically handing his companies over to the state if, they, if this is what served the country best. So there was a lot of concern. And I think people have been very pleased at how the, F, the South China Morning Post has kept a large degree of independence. There's an occasional, oh my goodness, type of article, but there's been a lot of very good and independent work, a lot of very good and independent reporting when it was the protests of 20, uh, 2019, and then of course the ongoing national security law. Well, I think we're gonna to have to keep a close eye on what we're seeing in that newspaper, aren't we? Um, but some months after the IPO was canceled of the Ant Group, uh, I'm moving now to April this year, Alibaba got a huge fine, the heaviest antitrust fine in Chinese history, $2.8 billion. What was the reason given and how do you interpret that situation? It was about monopoly abuse uh, within the internet sector. And so the Chinese regulator has gone out on an antitrust, anti-monopoly drive. Um, and there's no question, Alibaba is a huge player in that space. If you're a, a restaurant or a seller or something, you're basically told you can sell on one platform, but not the other. And so they're definitely limited and tied into specific groups. Um, and this is what the regulators going after. So while it's we've got lots of reasons to criticize Communist Party control, to, to criticize Xi Jinping, I would say there's probably a lot of people outside of China who look at some of these anti-competitive measures and say, I wish our own governments would clamp down on some of these tech giants in the same way. Mm, thank you. That's a very astute observation. I want to ask you about the stock market, uh, because has this incident made people cautious when they hear about Chinese companies preparing for an IPO, getting ready to sell their shares? I mean, it was cancelled at just a couple of days notice. Has that created trust issues, do you think? If they are, then they're not being expressed through stock market investment. Uh, you saw, I think, the, the, the month after or the three months after Alibaba's cancel, sorry, the Ant Group cancellation in Hong Kong, something like 20 plus billion dollars came into China through something called the Hong Kong Connect. So you had plenty of money coming into China still in the past few months. I think you, the number of IPOs, Chinese IPOs listed in the U.S., uh, had a record start to the year. Uh, quite incredibly in this, when the deal was cancelled, people had already paid up their money. They were literally expecting a credit of shares the next day to then be able to sell them. You know, we really were at the starting gate. Um, it was cancelled. People got their money back. They said, well, to some extent, this is China. There's always a risk there. I'm pleased I got my money back. But ultimately, China has come out. Its economy is improving. 
uh, post-COVID, it's still relatively stable with, you know, the COVID situation is stable. But ultimately, there are longer term effects here because trust is affected. This is the problem. And this is the kind of recurring problem I've seen over 30 years of following Chinese companies and economic reform. So Jack Ma's been keeping a pretty low profile since last November. Do you expect him to return to public life? You would thought so. It would be hard pressed to see. You know, he all we've seen of him in that time is, I think, a, literally a one minute video clip of when he went to a, a school, a rural school, as part of a sort of charity work that he promotes, educational work that he promotes. Um, but he hasn't been seen in public. At some point, he will reappear. But I simply don't see how he's going to be able to take on the same status that he has before. There is talk and rumor about how he could potentially sell out of his financial group. His speech, well, it was, as I say, a last hurrah of frustration, certainly got the backs up of many of the senior leadership, certainly within the financial framework. So I would have thought levels of trust in him are low. Um, and I would think it's very unlikely he's going to attain the sort of this status that he once had. Well, let's wind things up now then, Fraser. What do you think our conclusions can be about the case of Alibaba and Financial and Jack Ma? There's a number of threads here because, of course, it is China's largest private company. It's the most successful. It's one of the world's biggest companies. It's got vast amounts of resources. Um, and it's expanding into all those same sort of areas we see Google and Facebook and all the others expand to in the West. I think what it should remind us, though, that for all the decades of opening and reform in China, China is very much plotting its own course, that private sector is forever beholden to the state, and that to some extent everybody is on a, is on a leash of some length, and that when the state pulls it, then everybody has to come running. Um, and it's, uh, I think that is very important to bear in mind because that's the world we're now operating in and China's operating under its, uh, very much its own system. Um, and for all the similarities, it, uh, there are some very fundamental differences. Well, thank you, Fraser. That's the author and analyst Fraser Howey on the line there from Singapore. You can find out more about our activities at the university and the SOAS China Institute, including information about our courses and the research that we do. It's on our website. That's SOAS, S-O-A-S dot A-C dot U-K. But for now, that's it from this episode of China in Context. <laughs>